So I think we were talking about how we're going to stop doing all the software stuff and just play video games all day. <laughs> so that's time of year, right? Like this vacation, got Monday off. Yeah. We are doing that. Yeah, I think it was actually uh, Joe uh, was the first one that uh, when I was like looking at getting into Vim and he was already doing Vim for a few years at that point. And he's like, yeah, Vim, it uh, makes it feel like your computer is a computer. Game controller yeah. where you just don't have to think about it. You just know where all the controls are and you can just like manipulate code like a game controller. I was like, oh man, that sounds so good. Yeah. Yeah. Vim is kind of the ultimate video game because you can play anything with it. Although yeah. sometimes it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no perfect game, right? Everything, everything is a, you know, there's, there's good and bad for everything. Yeah. No, I think so. Yeah. We're talking about specializations and like the, uh, the desire to become perfect at something i think well let's phrase it like this so we were, we're talking about the parallels of like gaming and programming and uh i'll just I'll, I'll just say this like you know a lot of parents uh approach like you know uh, you know you have a kid you know do you do you want them to get into gaming uh and most parents are like no no no, no i don't want that you know i'm kind of leaning towards uh letting my kid play games uh, you know my daughter is eight years old eight and a half and she already plays minecraft on the keyboard and mouse and quite good at it like you no know, she she learned the all the different like controls on the keyboard and like she's very comfortable with the keyboard and mouse and it took actually about a day i think she was six when she started like it took about a day for her to like get comfortable with the keyboard and mouse jumping through caves running from like different mobs and stuff like that um but the the thing that like wanted me to get her into it was like i want her to be comfortable sitting on a chair using a keyboard and mouse which i, I you know of course she, she's like a star lacrosse player she goes outside you know it's not like not like no she's not gonna be like in a dungeon or something like that. but i think uh like having the skill of i'm i'm able to like focus on my long-term task at a computer is something that i want her to get used to because i think that will be crucial for uh for later skills yeah that's one thing though. there's a lot of different parallels Oh, I mean, for me, so I, you know, I grew up, uh, I was born with five fingers, right? And two elbows, but only one wrist, five fingers. And so for, for games, like games for me were a way to explore a space that otherwise were challenging to, to, to explore, right? So in the sense that like, yeah, I could ride my bike and I had like, you know, a, an attachment to like make the bike handles a little bit better or whatnot, but it still fucking sucked and I like wouldn't hurt myself and, <laughs> you know, and so... I would I would touch grass, but probably less over time, right? And knowing that there was something else out there, that like there were entire worlds there, and I think you know as part of that process, sometimes there are entire worlds, and sometimes there's just like you know <laughs> a divot that you get stuck in, and knowing the difference is is challenging. But um, even so, Quake World was the was the first thing for me that like was really like pivotal for me first because it was social so i was competing with other folks and like talking about strategy and you know thinking about honing the craft right but then second there there wasn't really there weren't that many features and so in some ways that looks like a divot or like you know a dead end or like something that's not worthy of time but the simplicity of the game meant that i essentially would just keep practicing the same loop right there were like six seven maps but dm4 was the only map that really mattered because um, that was the one that had the most interesting gameplay. And basically, if you don't use rockets, you're also like, anyway, so there, there are some like very 
um, harsh constraints as part of that game that in some ways seemed limiting, but the non-limiting factor was the, pr- the, the practice that I would put into it every day and being able to see that progress, <clears throat> being able to see the diminishing returns, <laughs> you know, being able to handle that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a great lesson. I, I think the first game I got into was StarCraft and that got me thinking about resource management a lot. But something interesting that came out of that is like the first StarCraft had cheat codes in it because back then a lot of games had cheat codes. I think it's interesting how like, I still remember the cheat code, like power overwhelming or there is no cow level, which I think became a meme. There is no yeah. cow level thing for a while. Um, but like it makes the game less fun because <laughs> you can always have that like, ah, I'm struggling. I have an out here and I like put in the cheat code. I think that stuck with me a lot. It's like, you know, for things to be rewarding and entertaining, like it, life doesn't have a cheat code that you can just put in, but it does have a lot of really good rewards. And like games are boring if you just like can just always just cheat and like get it out. If it, the, the fun of it is getting very highly skilled at a very difficult thing yeah. or similar. There's, you know, there's, there's a thing I was just talking about last night, actually, with a fellow gamer. Essentially, the the cheat code, like reaching for the cheat code means that I'm frustrated that like my muscles are all tight and I'm essentially like my brain's done. And I think one of the challenging things is to know when I'm tensing up and closing my mind and like tunneling into something that probably means that um, I'm not going to be doing the thing that I'm doing very well, right? And so in some ways, I'm, I'm limiting motion, limiting muscle movement in order to think about a next jump, right? Visually, like in, in a game. And, you know, that can mean that you're standing still, deer in the headlights, and you're going to get shot. And so the question is, can you can you take that time and i think one of the things that i get from gaming is like um there are not many there are some but there are not that many places where you can just sit still and it it encourages you to get in a flow state and there's a very similar thing with programming where it's like you know i'm 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 either in a flow or i'm thinking too hard and my i'm i'm too tense my muscles are all tight and i i can't just you know, I can't send a mind beam through this problem and have it just be solved. Like that's not, mm-hmm. that's not the right. You know, that's actually like, like reminded me of a, uh, something that was incredibly important. So when you're playing games as a kid, you're met with so many opportunities to challenge yourself. Like you guys were saying, but like, I remember feeling like, you know, Oh, there's something I'll never get, like something I'll never overcome like countless times. And then you overcome them and you're like, Oh my goodness. And eventually, when you get to the point where you're like, you're like, oh, I actually like this is something that's impossible. Eventually, you get to the point where you're like, yes, I found something challenging, worth worth putting my energy and effort into, and you know, I don't want to waste this. I'm, I really want to get this really well. And I think if you accustom yourself to that kind of thing when you start programming, like that happens all the time. That you know, this is impossible. This isn't. I can't. I never can overcome this. And then you realize, you know what? I know I can. It's just a matter of time. Like I know I can't right now. But I know that there's going to be some series of steps I can do to get overcome this, and they will be easy later on. Like I'll come back to the same thing, and it'll be trivial, right? So I think that's one big parallel. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I think as part of that too, when like something that happened in my work week in the past week was I, I had a task that looked impossible. There's like no way for me to get it done, right? And it's just like sense of dread. All of the things, right? Like came in there, and I like I was like, oh man. 
And so, um, you know, I put the time, time in, found some ways around it, found a path forward. That impossible thing is now like actually live. Like it's not a production as of today, but it's going to be, and that's pretty cool. And I think the celebrating the achievements sounds cheesy, but I think my first reaction was, holy moly, that thing was impossible. It's now like there and in the real world. Okay, what's the next big dragon that I got to slay? And it's like, wait a second. Okay. <laughs> take a win, take a second, right? Figure out that I did the thing. And so in, in practical terms, what I did is I didn't have another dragon to slay. In some, some ways, I wanted one. I wanted another thing to bang my head against. But then it was like, well, in the meantime, I'm going to do some other tasks. I'm going to collect materials. <laughs> I'm going to like, you know, incrementally improve on the small things in small ways. And so I'll just say there are sometimes epic battles and epic things that happen in games. And there's a rush from that, but it doesn't have to be epic every day. And I think knowing that can be important. Yeah, definitely. When to chill and when to strike. When, when do you like save up and prepare and when do you like yeah. go after stuff? Yeah. A lot of my team, my team this week were either sick or out on vacation. And so I was like a lot of dependent things just couldn't happen. So like, what do I do? Well, I'm not going to like plow forward on stuff that's, yeah, I'm just going to have to redo later. I'm just going to, uh, you know, not chill, but like go after the things that I you know, itches that I need to scratch or like organizing things. Yeah. Getting things in order, getting things prepared, getting things ready so that when, yeah, collecting, collecting and building up resources so that you can execute fast when everything's full throttle again. Yeah. Less epic threats. Right. Or, yeah. You know, journeys. And if you're, if you're like, you know, so like one going too soon to like the adventure, right. That that's a problem. But if you're also like not going to the adventure, it's like, you know, it's also like, you know, you, you can tell when you're, when you're doing too many, uh menial tasks like you're avoiding the challenge it's also not fun too right so like plenty of like in programming there's plenty of tasks you can do that are just not really going after the beat of the problem you know how many like you know i'll delete some of this tech dead over here i'll i'll update my dependencies i'll change my configuration like all these different things but you're avoiding the problem like you, let's go ahead and just do it you know just do the work and, and run into the problems and feel that uh that 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 thrill of overcoming especially like when you're playing video games too like especially if you have a group of friends who are like you know trying to beat this game together and then all of a sudden like one of the people like gets through one of the levels it's like <gasps> like it's like really hyped you know like you get you so yeah <laughs> it's really awesome and if you, i i feel like that too like working on a good team like there's a problem like and then someone's got like this idea you can go down it's it's like the same kind of like you know oh my god i can't believe like that you know totally yeah sometimes it gets lost in slack messages too it's like the emojis aren't really capturing the emotion that I feel about how excited I am that you figured this out. Like, <laughs> you know, this, I wish there were more ways to celebrate in a engineering team because I, I think, it, I think we do under celebrate things, you know, yeah. like somebody went and learned a new database thing. They made a, they made a schema and they made a query. It was super slow and then they made it super fast. And now it's like, awesome. Like, we got to like, there should be some, there was a throw a freaking party or something. This is amazing. Yeah. Like the person learned and grew, we got what we needed. Like the customer is happy. Like, ah, oh, this is great. Like I I've been literally getting out of my chair and like dancing around a little bit. With, with, I have like a really good song on and I just like hammer through something. I get a yeah. win, like get up and yeah, 
get up and celebrate. It's it's worth it. Yeah. Another uh, similarity is like I remember when I was a kid, I, I really wasn't good at much things. Like I would be okay at things. I play soccer, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I was never good at something. And the first time I became really, really good was when I was playing this video game, Age of Empires. And I realized, like, you know, I played this game for for a very, I don't know, maybe 20 years total or something like that. Uh, and uh, I eventually got very good. Like, I won lots of tournaments. I was a, like a sponsored player. And, like, you know, everyone knew who I was when I when I logged in. And I was, like, a celebrity of, of sorts. And I realized, like, you know, the amount of work I put in to this game to get to that level was like astronomical. Like it was, it wasn't no, I wouldn't say it was fun. Like it was work. It was actually like, you could, you can consider it the same amount of thing as like a, a job, right? Like I was a kid, but I had a lot of fun. And, um, and then when I moved on from the game, I realized if I wanted to get that same kind of feeling, the same kind of like, Oh, I'm really, really good at this. The satisfaction. I knew the amount of effort I need. Like you could not do, for example, be both good at that game and be that good at something else. Like you have to pick which one you want to be good at and put the time into it. Uh, and so like, eventually I moved on to like, you know, like fitness was another thing. And then programming was another thing that I moved on to, but like uh, I knew at those points, Oh, if I really want to be good, this is how much work it takes. One of the, one of the tricky things in this is knowing what the limits of the universe are and knowing, like, I think, one of the challenges I think in, in software is there's some end goal, like a principal role, architect role, whatever, the, whatever the organization calls it, right. Senior principal, whatever, make up, make up a title, grand wizard. Um, maybe I shouldn't say that one. I don't know. Um, there's like this end state, someone who has accomplished the thing. So the, the thing is if that person has that title, well, sometimes the title is that person only goes on these epic quests and they only do epic stuff. And the problem with that is pretty well captured in this architect elevator YouTube video. And the point is the, the architect is someone who connect the, who connects the ground floor to the top floor. Right? And the point is there's a groundedness and an ability to do menial quests or things that are not necessarily epic <laughs> as part of their next epic journey. And so my point is, especially in software, and I think in any industry, there's a, a level that has been achieved and the problem comes in when that designation means that they're not supposed to, not allowed to do the easy stuff or the, the, the little stuff because it just, it, I think it actually is toxic and puts people in a weird box that keeps them from real problems, keeps them from knowing what the new game is because essentially they're associated implicitly with the old game that isn't running anymore. Yeah, that's an interesting thought, but I could see it the other way too, like where I see where people, um, you know, get Peter Principal, you know, they get into a yep. position where they should be doing a different job and they're still doing the old job. That's true. Right? Like, especially with management, right? You transition into management and you're still trying to have a full time coding career and coach people and you know I, yeah. i'm not saying it's impossible but i'm saying i i've seen more often than not people get overwhelmed in that position because you're yeah. trying to do a new job and your old job at the same time and different stuff and higher responsibility and higher scope and all those things like you, yeah. you gotta you gotta pick one and you gotta know when it's a different job and when to stop 
not menial stuff. I, I, I still think like, you know, I, I worked with a CTO that was that um, uh, worked with them very closely because he was very much on the tech side of a smaller company. And he took out the trash for the office every day because he was just kind of the last one out. Like, that's good because like that's being humble. That's not like being high and mighty and like I'm above anything. Right. Like I'll do, the, I'll put in the work for what the company needs. Like that's different than like, oh, I'm doing a job that we hired somebody else for. Yeah, uh, th there's a big parallel there, I think, in gaming, especially games like, you know, StarCraft and Age of Empires, where it's like, you have to make your, you have to make choices. You have to make sacrifices. So it's like, if you're not doing that, the term is greedy. Like, oh, I'm greedy. I'm doing something yeah. greedy by uh, not respecting that the opponent could take advantage of my poor decision making. And so if, if they don't take advantage of it, like, you know, my greediness will pay off. But like, if you're trying to do everything, right, you just can't, you get, you will get killed if the opponent knows what to, what, to, how to take advantage of this, right? So it's like, you know, if you're a manager who is being greedy <laughs> by not like you know balancing this this world, you will get you will get overwhelmed. Like that's the that's the the the, the game over situation. It's true. That's actually a perfect analogy. It's like in StarCraft when you go and you take resources that are too far away from your defenses, and you didn't set up defenses for that yet. Like you might get away with that, and then you'll come out with like a lot of money, but more than likely they're gonna the opponent's gonna see that, and they're gonna attack that base, and then you're gonna take a huge loss. There's so many parallels. I wrote this thing about League of Legends too, about how a software engineering team, you know, uh, companies tend to promote um, ADCs, uh, uh, you know, damage carries because they're the most visible. You know, they have the highest kill ratio on the game, but the, but you don't look at the support that's helping them the entire game to like to make those kills, right? So, <laughs> but. But but for to be a top notch team, you need every role you need. You need people to willingly buy into their role and be good at their role. And maybe some of the roles are less flashy. Maybe you're top lane and you don't you just get ignored most of the game. But then in the end, you come in and win it. Right. This like happens all the time on software teams or it's like you need the whole team to be there doing their part to like really execute. Yeah, I love it. I think is another offshoot of that is that sometimes people don't know what game they're playing, and so they're going to play the top lane, and it's like there's no top lane in this game. <laughs> That's not a thing. Or this person's taking that part of these roles or whatnot. And I think role fit, you know, with any kind of so the the thing that's been on my mind a lot lately has been about specialization, right? And so the the story that we've seem to have forgotten about specialization is it's essentially the the hammer nailer, right? The person who's nailing all the hammers. And that's that's all they're doing is like hammering nails all the time. And so if you have plenty of nails to hammer, you're fine. But you don't always know that that's the case and sometimes it's not. So um, I think the the universe is not as explicit as a video game. A video game you enter the thing and you have like a scorecard. <laughs> it's like, you know, it will like the screen will turn red if something bad has happened. Um, I think in some ways, in some industries, the thing that's turning red lately are like the bank accounts, right? <laughs> that people are experiencing and, and stuff like that. So um, the that's a signal. And the question is, are we still playing StarCraft? It's like, no, like maybe not, right? <laughs> We're playing a different game now um, and no one told you. Yeah, um, 
another another similarity i think is is like you, you mentioned earlier about uh you know someone being toxic like in game world you have toxic players you have toxic people in in the in, in the workforce as well what are the similarities oh yeah i mean i, I think the the, the taller so you know i think the classic thing is why is someone toxic right a lot of times someone's toxic because they've climbed a mountain and other people are not on the mountain and the mountain is lonely and i think the the uh the broish nature of such things is like I don't need, I don't need people. You know, I climb this mountain. I'm great. Right. It's like the, the mountain without anyone looking at the mountain. It's, it sucks. It's not, it's not cool. Right. Like you're, you're a nerd playing a video game. Right. It's like all that kind of stuff. It's like, well, wait, no, I actually like solved this really crazy challenge. And now the question is, where do we go from here? So one of them is to, to carry other people up the mountain. And I think the, the, the challenge there is like, when folks carry other people up the mountain, they don't see the luck or they don't um, know the language around the thing that happened in order that got them up there. And um, same thing happens in software. How do you not know this thing? How, like, what's the, what's going on? Or like, you know, why am I working with you? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, the word stupid come very close to around with toxicity, right? Or like being smart. So it's, um, it's challenging because to your point, Dan, like some of the folks need, like you need that, that high score somewhere, or at least that feels good, but arranging the pieces is really challenging. And I think, you know, that's, that to me is the interesting part about management and, and software or any other, um, you know, um, industry, but it's, it's, um, that in itself can be a lonely game too, right? Like if I'm really good at this thing and yeah. I don't have a, I think you need a you need someone on the team who's a respected authority who makes good decisions, and then you need a team that can disagree and commit on that decision because yeah. they're the person that makes the decisions, right? That's like yeah. in my mind, that's like optimal, but like really hard to find. But the to toxicity thing, I think, is in both games and software teams is driven by like a really big egos. They're yeah. like, I'm the greatest. I know I'm the greatest coder or gamer, like, uh, you know, in this game. So the problem's not me. It must be my team. And then they right. get really toxic on their team where it's like, dude, it, I think Riot actually did a study and then they they followed it up with like putting notes in the game um, on the loading screen that are like players who encourage each other versus put each other down have some crazy like 20 to 30 percent higher chance of win rate. Wow. because you're being positive you know positive positivity literally makes you a better team because you're encouraging each other looking out for each other watching the win watching for the wins like j just being a team versus a solo player like this is what it's all about you do need that like you, you do I, I think you um you need somebody to carry because if everybody's trying to carry right you get indecisiveness and you get like floundering and you get like conflict you also need somebody telling you again what game are we playing mm -hmm. right where are we now where do we need to be and that's just alignment that should come through the management chain i think like aligning on what are we even doing here what are we what's the goal of the product what are we providing to a customer what is our like long-term goal or even at the company level are we a right. startup just trying to get something up well let's not build it in you know in the most stable language in the world with the highest performance in the world let's get something up <laughs> as a prototype and see if it works and then it's like all these decisions flow down from somewhere and somebody and i think that small team fast decisiveness is 
really key for a high-performing team. Yeah, so based on what you guys are saying, it sounds like toxicity is, is a property of team games, but probably not as big of a thing in one-on-one games. Like if you're if you're toxic in a one-on-one game, it just maybe correlates to not respecting the other player, which then makes you a bad player. Like if you if you don't respect what the what the opponent can do to you, uh, you if you're just thinking like, oh, I'm better and I'll, I will just do these things and they can't do anything. Well, obviously they can. So like that's what the game is all about, right? So if you if you are, I, I think if you are a toxic player in a one on one game, you're just a bad player uh, because you yeah. will lose. <laughs> but if you're if you're a, a toxic player in a team game, like now, like this is where toxicity maybe is a factor because now it's like, oh, you are causing the team to perform less than than you would have otherwise. And yeah, it just it was an interesting thing. I think maybe toxicity is a, is a team thing. Well, I think toxicity is like a it's an excuse to talk about loneliness in a different way. And the reason I'm saying that is I think even for a one-on-one game, like a, a game that's not team-based, toxicity can still exist in that person, right? They're like, you know, yeah, screw that, you know, oh, better than that guy. And it's like all, all this nonsense, right, that we identify as toxicity. Really, at the end of the day, it's loneliness. And it's like, for whatever reason in our culture, right, it's not like manly to, like loneliness is like, um, you know, risen up or you know it's like it's okay if you're a dude and you're lonely (laughs) and the reality is like it's not like that's just that's the reality right and i've i mean i've fallen victim to this too right where it's like it's okay i I don't need this i don't need i don't need friends right you know like it's it's this kind of thing but that that is like the definition of toxic so toxicity is usually shown more in social settings but it doesn't have to be right yeah, but I've I've never I've never like in, in the Age of Empires game world like I don't know about Starcraft world like have you ever heard of like toxic players like I haven't but in team like in team games like there's another game I played recently called World of Warships you hear all about like you know toxic players this toxic players that so I I think it's, I agree I agree like the person will be toxic in either way but like uh, it's masked it's, like it doesn't like you not right. it's not it doesn't reveal itself in a one on one well there there are less people there so there are less people to experience the toxicity but like how many times have you seen somebody be like oh my game glitched or like my fps dropped like ah oh, oh this game is so glitchy like blaming yeah. everything except for <laughs> except for their own skill <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. the respect yeah they're not respecting that like oh they they can actually have made a mistake <laughs> right like, I am, I am the hero of my own narrative in, in all of life, and I am infallible. And so obviously something else has to be wrong. And, yeah. and to me, like if you're, if, the, if you're doing that, like you're not using those opportunities to grow and learn and how to like exactly. you know, understand how you can become better. And then you will not be the best. You will not yeah, you'll be, be capped out. Yeah, for sure. True. You'll be capped out if you don't, if you don't um, reflect and be honest about your shortcomings. And the sooner the better, right? Oh, I made that mistake. Or like, you know, the best gamers are the ones who go back and look at the replays. Yeah. And look at every single mistake they made and be like, oh, okay, what were the other things I could have done in that moment? Like, and then just, and then hone in and practice those skills. I don't need that. I think about the mistakes I've made when I program, when I dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Do you I, have like, coding dreams a lot? I don't know about dreams necessarily, but I think, you know, it, it, reflection or, you know, in some ways guilt, right, is like a, is a, it's a reflection mechanism or whatnot. And I think, people carry different levels of that but yeah. I, you know i think the times that i've been better i i think i do it's this contradiction too right where it's like um like what what am i what's my identity and what does that identity do <laughs> i'm a top tier person well that means that i'm going to ignore all the evidence 
to counter counter that right and uh, you know i think that that's when we cap out right it's when we kind of identify yeah. and like lean into it it makes us lazy you know i've been having I, i've been like going to sleep with coding problems lately just like yeah feeling like i did something that day that could have been done better and yeah. just letting that come to the forefront of my mind as i fall asleep and i'd say probably probably more than half i pr- probably like 75% of the time i'll wake up and be like ready to solve the problem you know i'll be i'll oh, be yeah. like i have the solution now in my head like i don't know where it came from but i went to sleep with the problem and now i woke up with the solution boom i can go hammer it out sometimes i'll wake up and i'll think something and i'll be like oh yeah i should do this and then i'll go sit down on the computer and i'll be like that is so dumb. I don't know where that came from, but that is a really bad solution. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. But yeah, it's really cool how like the brain, I don't know what's going on at sleep, you know, consolidation of memories, putting stuff together, like making new connections, and then boom, you wake up and you're like, yeah. Yeah. Time. I think it's the same thing as like locking up when I'm I'm trying to get I'm trying to shoot my shots or like get get the shots on the target, right? And it's like, well, my my muscles are too tight. And I'm in too much of a frozen state. And once they loosen up, I can actually hit the shots. And so I think it's a similar thing of like, you know, last week I had the same kind of thing that you're talking about, Dan. Like I woke up and I was like, wait a second, I don't have to like what I had was going through the entire list. It's like I should break if I'm like, if I already found the solution, like I shouldn't, you know, I should do this instead of that. And, you know, the next part was like, oh, man, you know, I'm feeling so, you know, why am I working? I should be sleeping. It's like, well, wait, that's that's the secondary <laughs> criticism of the thing. It's like, no, I was right. That's like, a, you know, a, a coding problem that I should solve. I'm going to write this down now. Thanks, brain. I don't know why you decided now was a good idea, but like, thank you. <laughs> Trying to, you know, show gratitude to my own brain sometimes. And then just like go on to the next, right? Yeah, I, I also can relate to the idea of, you know, reflecting on mistakes and alternative approaches when, when dreaming or like, you know, in, in a very... Uh, like a wash like when you're washing dishes or something like that like your your mind is like in the perfect amount of like it's occupied in some way to like not yeah. be bored but also like free to like go deep into the wonders of your conscious right? subconscious right totally yeah and and I, I bet you when you were a kid and you were playing some games you had the same experience like oh i can't pass this level yeah. and I, I you know like i go i go sleep next day first thing you want to do i mean like kids like traditionally want to wake up early as hell and play video games why maybe because they dreamed about the way they would do things differently the yeah. next time no and i, I think like the there's some maybe like weird like life advice i would give myself now now that i've seen something like i think the like video games harping on video games not being real and like the like you got all this stuff and you got this like um you got all this materials in minecraft like what does that mean in the real world well wait a second we all are doing reasonably okay, knock on wood, because we sit in front of computers and basically play video games, which is Vim. It's a different video game. It's like these software puzzles that we get paid for in real money, right? And it's like, well, it's, you know, Rafi said in the chat, like collect rupees. That's what we're doing. Like that's like that's that is literally our job. And it, it like so. The question is, what game are we in, and what is society like valuing, right? And it's challenging because I think we find joy from things that don't necessarily pay, right? And so for a video game, we're not getting real dollars most of the time. Some folks try to convert that into real dollars and it's really hard. Like there's just there's just not that much money in like out there. People aren't willing to pay for that. 
and um, you'd be mad about it. But really, like, I guess where I'm going is like the the video game is the thing that has the built in currency, which is a simpler model. And the world is like that, too. (laughs) And there's multiple different ways to get strong and to get rewarded by that. And I think um, that's it's why it's tough, but why it's also fun, if that makes sense. So, like, I think if folks can play a video game, some days that video game is awful and it's just like, man, I this thing gave me a headache and I hate it. And it's like, yeah, jobs are like that, too. <laughs> but, um, you know, 100 percent. I love I love that analogy so much. Um, and that makes you think like, you know, uh, like if you were to play a game and just do badly. Right. Well, of course, you expect that as a gamer, like someone who's playing yep. a game, you're new, you're trying to understand how the game works. You know that doesn't mean you're bad at it. Right. It means you're new. Whereas, like in, in the programming world, like somehow it's not the same way. Like somehow it's like oh, you you you're struggling, and the first instinct is like, oh, I'm not meant yep. to be a programmer. Like, well, but we never had that thought as a kid. Well, that's but that's the toxicity, right? So the toxicity is part. So I really think a lot. So I'm gonna say this. So like so the the I'll say for myself, the the reason that I'm in software was because I was allowed to be in software because I, I, I had a lot of support mechanisms which essentially allowed me to play video games. <laughs> I had that time. I had that capability. I wasn't going to die if I played video games, right? I was going to be like having a healthy, mostly healthy, more antisocial than I should have been, but anyway, mostly healthy life. Right. And so like, um, I should have played more like collaborative games earlier. That's my regret if I had to rewind time. Anyway, um, so all to say, like, I, it's easy to just, dis- so if, if you don't have the time because you need to make rent because like there are other things that don't give you the space in order to play, that's a real thing. And I don't want to discount that. But I think with anything, you know, the, the rupees add up <laughs> and the experience adds up. And I think, with software specifically, the worst toxicity really is like the individuals who don't understand that struggle, who um, essentially lean into intelligence too much as, you know, and, and it's the same thing, intelligence as an innate trait, right? Um, like there are so many different weird social barriers that get in the way of software, which is why I think in some ways it's overpaid because of that. <laughs> There's like this weird cabal of like folks that are, you know, whatever. It's weird. <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't be as weird as it is. But I will say the experience of, of writing software, of like being able to do that. I know I need a laptop of some sort. Um, I also know I don't need but want a set of weights too, like physical like kettlebells, right? <laughs> I don't need to be physically stronger in order to do my job. But picking up a weight once in a while also helps, right? Just for the method, like the, the balance thing and like, you know, I mean, that, that was video like games too. a little bit all over the place, but yeah. Like if you're playing video games like all day, you need a, you need to do something. Like you need to yeah. take a break. You need to like walk around, you need to lift some yep. weights. Like it helps with the video games too. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I picked up this, this new thing from, uh, I caught it. It's just a little tiny blip on one of the Primogen streams where he mentioned every time he goes to the bathroom, he, he he works out he's like does some push-ups or sit-ups or something and he also drinks a ton of green powder juice or whatever it is and i do the same thing i i have a ton of water always and i'm just like drinking and i'm like going to the bathroom all the time and i was like you know what 
if I just do a few push-ups every time I go to the bathroom, man, yep. I'm going to be, uh, it's a good balance and health. And then I, I also like try to just go outside, you know, right. during breaks, like Pomodoro breaks or whatever. I set my timer and try and take yeah. more frequent breaks and get out and see the sun and take the dogs out. And it's always just so much more productive when those are the breaks versus a, a break of like switching tabs to a video or something like that's mm-hmm. that's not a great break yeah, that's true we were talking about games though uh i was thinking as you play a bunch of different games you start to understand the thing of like if the game is too easy then you're like it's not very fun and you start to understand game design and then you want to yeah. be like oh i could make my own game and then you go straight into coding or you think right. you know how it, so if 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 my job is a game if i think of it in the, in those terms or my life even is a game how do i make it enjoyable it's and this goes into like matrix stuff too where it's like well you don't want everything for free you want some struggle you want to yeah. learn you want to skill up right you want to be really good at something you want to be an expert you want to feel good you want to you want to be very productive you know and this is all this goes into the mentality of like if i were if if i were to retire tomorrow or if I had a million dollars, you know, if I had all the money in the world and I could retire tomorrow, what would I be doing? Well, I wouldn't just get, I, I wouldn't just like, you know, hedonistically go all out on, like, I would still want a job. I would still want to be productive. I would be, I, and I've gotten to the point where I feel like I pretty much be doing the same thing I'm doing now because I really enjoy my work. I, I, I bought this like crazy keyboard. I use Vim and I'm just like playing this game in such a enjoyable way. It's just, and, and I'm yep. interacting with people. I'm providing value for this company and for for downstream customers. And I'm just like, it's great. Uh, so like, totally. I think a lot of like, when you're looking for a job, think about game design. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's like almost a parallel task Absolutely. of like, does, how would you design a game versus how, how are you going to design your future of what you're doing every day? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think with, with the game design piece too, I think one of the challenges is, one of the challenges is like, how do we keep the game interesting and how do we keep people engaged? And one of the classic things is, well, you have, you have some kind of monetary system. There's gold or like, you know, glimmer or whatever it is, right? There's, there's something that doesn't really exist. It's just in the computer and like people can hyper optimize to like collect that thing. Cool. But now essentially like if you just have one thing, right. in the game design then that can make the game boring. So point being, how do you get the most gold? Well, you just like, you know, mine a lot or you like have other things mine the thing, whatever. It's just like there there comes a point at which a single point, single dimension becomes less interesting. Really, like with a win condition that you won the round, well now you have more than one like that's it's that's what's confusing about it with me is like that sounds like the same thing as gold. But what's different is there's so many different paths to that. So I think about it as in terms of dimensions in the space. One dimension, single line, right? So if you have a single dimension, a single thing that you can optimize for, in some ways that's boring and not good. Which overall is my my primary complaint currently with the stock market and like uh, stockholder capitalism and all that kind of stuff. The point is, if it's only about the money, which is how we're essentially about, like we're putting all these companies up and we're just like reducing it down to one number. Why did we ever think that that was a good idea, right? It was a terrible idea. Now you have these companies that are optimizing in a way that like basically is destroying society and people's lives and all that. Like, we did it wrong, right? We did it wrong by designing that as a system 
And so the, the, I think the thing that society is having trouble oriented around is like, well, what's, what's the other dimension or what's the other, what's the alternative, right? And so, you know, for all the discussions about late stage capitalism and whatnot, I think like what we ha have here is a single dimension that needs some kind of balance or a different, uh, different parameters for the game design, right? And I think we know that something needs to be there. Companies are implicitly doing that by trying to not be evil. <laughs> I think that's like essentially like the best thing that we have as of today is like, yeah, you can make a lot of money, but try not to be evil. What does that mean? I don't know, you know, and, and so so that's where we're at. <laughs> that's a whole topic. That's a whole, that's a whole, yeah. we, we can compare that the whole world over there. Yeah. Which we can well, any kind of any kind of game design though. I, I think like there's there's different ways to go about it, and so we we potentially have to agree because <laughs> we're all in the same game, which is called life. Yeah, um, I think one 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 like uh, evidence towards like the the problem with that single dimension is like there's plenty of people that with all the money that are not happy. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. So, so, yeah, I got all the gold, and I'm I'm terrible. Like I'm a terrible person because I hoarded all the gold, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I got lucky. <laughs> but there's a couple more things I want to talk about with the with the parallel. So like one is like. How many times have you been playing a game where you are sure that you or your team has lost, but then yep. by some miracle, like there's a win over there, right? Oh, vice yeah. versa too, like vice versa happens as well. And I wonder like what the parallels can be with uh with 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 careers or like soft like or, you know projects and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean I, I think so much of it is someone. T so here's here's with software specifically, the way that I would say it is that like don't trust so a manager in some ways is a single point of failure if the manager says here's the game don't trust that person all the way because they're not they're they're part of the sub game they're sub they're the part of the subplot <laughs> they're not necessarily the whole game the whole ecosystem and i think people who tell not necessarily false but inaccurate narratives about what the ecosystem is they essentially code themselves into a corner <laughs> create organizations that then people want to leave right and so um i think that's that's the hardest part is that not knowing where the boundary of the game is right and then who says what the game is right that makes sense yeah like uh, so that to me is like you're 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 playing the game wrong in such a way that like you can't finish it right like it's, yeah. it's, it's, you have to start over basically yeah but another another thing i'm thinking of is like let's say you are a, a flash developer who is like you know like oh that game is no longer popular. <laughs> right. you, you've invested all your energy into something where uh, no one plays anymore. So what are you going to do? Like you know, you have to like yeah. be more than just like a specific game player. You, you have to be like more of like a yeah. you know, general <laughs> generalist. No, no. So so for me, I mean, I, the 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 thing that's been the most helpful for me in terms of that is to think about it in terms of loneliness. Where are the people? What games are they playing? And I think the toxicity that I held in myself and my own being for many years, which I wish I didn't, and it made my life harder, was to say, everyone's doing this and they're all wrong, right? And it's like, yeah, they're not really wrong. They're just, there's, there's, there's a thing <laughs> that people are doing. And yeah, I could sit on the sidelines and, and you know, um, crap on it. But like, what's that going to do? It's just, I'm not right. <laughs> I'm just sad and alone. And I think if I if I could identify in myself that I'm just sad and alone and that's not necessarily the answer, I I would have had an easier time at certain points of my life. So well all to say, I don't know where the people are. And I think in software it can be kind of an isolating job in a lot of ways. Because there's not that many of these jobs. There's there's a bunch, but not that many. I, so, and so you find yeah. 
I want to I want to make sure. So yeah. like, I agree with what you said, right? But at the same time, like, I remember going down to these like very not popular languages, like the ML family languages, yep. and like that was not like it was a small community, but there was a very close knit community. Like it was very like yeah. su- like supportive, and like you know people are helping yep. to learn over there too. And so I think the the parallel will be like you know. Hey, I heard that like playing uh, game X will like you know uh, support your uh, game yeah. Y skills, but game Y is popular. Game X is not popular. It's yep. Okay, it's okay to play a game that's not popular as long as you eventually go to the popular game and use those skills. Totally, hundred percent. No, I mean, I think I think it's one of the the challenges too in terms of toxicity. People talk about following the money and the problems with that. You shouldn't you shouldn't follow for the money. Yeah, you should follow for the money, hundred percent. Why? Why, why should you follow for the money? You should follow for the money because the money is an indicator that someone's willing to pay. Now, the question is, do you have some wacko, right, in the corner with 20 bucks who's trying to give you 20 bucks? Or do you have an, an entire ecosystem, right, with multiple people? Some of them are wackos, some of them are not. That'll give you 20 bucks, right? And, and I think that's where you can find essentially these creepy corners <laughs> that you want to avoid. But um, 100% follow the money. Like, l- look at the salaries see how many other companies are hiring for those things and just do it. And I think there, there's so much, and, and I'll say this, the, the toxicity culture is like, oh, you shouldn't do that. You know, you should do it because you, you look, it's, no, like <laughs> there's an alignment between what the market is willing to pay and what people are willing to do. Right. And, you know, again, back to it again, not everyone's in software. I think more people should be in software. I wish that was different. Right. It also means that by doing that, our, our general salaries might decrease if we get more people in there. Cool. Let's do it anyway. Right. Like, and, and I think this is part of the tension where it's just like, I have something and if I obfuscate it, <laughs> that looks like job security and higher salaries. Right. It's just, that's toxic too. Right. Yeah. But I think it's important to understand when you have a superior tool yeah. and why it's superior, but you can't understand that unless you know the bad tool too. Right. Yep. It goes hand 100%. in hand. Yes. So like, yes, yep. this language is, is demonstrably better than that language in whatever criteria you're in, yep. is in your, you know, JavaScript sucks. Let's just take the easy one. <laughs> JavaScript sucks, but uh, I think it retook over as the most widely used language over mm-hmm. Python. It, Python was above for a couple of years, I think, and then it flipped, flipped I don't know, yep. whichever. Anyway, wildly popular, tons of people hiring for it. So like, learn it. Like there's no yeah. problem with Stop having learning. that tool. I think the one way to do <laughs> video games wrong and, and it's the parallel to this is if you only play one very narrow game yeah, or only yeah. one very narrow type of game yep. and you never go into that level of like game design of understanding yeah. what other types of games are out there why are they different how are they fun how do they relate for the longest time i did not understand the brain bug of minecraft and that type of crafting game i was like how could anybody possibly enjoy this type of game and then the dumbest thing uh, i think it's called falling sand or something some game that's like and falling sand is nothing like that game but it's it's like a very similar type of game where it's like you can combine things and you can make different things and it's like interesting and i was like okay i'm starting to like kind of understand that i go into that realm just enough to like get it and then i i don't have to stay there i can go back into like my own thing and you can always code in whatever you want you know on the side but i think it is important like um 
They say with those brain training apps too, it's a similar thing, right? Where it's like, this game will make your IQ, blah, blah, blah. Well, the study, the studies actually show those games make you better at those games, right? Um, which is good if you also play a bunch of other games that do a bunch of other things, right? So like you want to stave off Alzheimer's and, and stuff like keep your brain active and and struggling, you know, get outside your comfort zone very frequently with different sorts of games and different sorts of thinking and different sorts of stuff. That's that's the health thing that's good for you. And I think that's what's also best for your career. And you have the most tools. You can make yourself the most attractive candidate for a company hiring as humanly possible by just getting all of these experiences and be able to talk to whatever somebody wants yeah. to talk about. I think yeah. if you spent a little more time in Minecraft, you would love it. <laughs> I, I was somebody also who didn't didn't see the like why would anybody and then next thing I know, here I am building all these different things and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the most fun actually. And you know what else? Like you're talking about the resource collection. I I, I bet you there are some people in the world that are rich in the Minecraft world and because of that satisfaction, they don't care about money in the real world maybe it sounds crazy but i I bet you there's some people like you know if the if the brain like maybe perceives themselves as rich and and like you know maybe it's not a desire anymore it's like like you know they they did they they got it you know no right so i'll counter that and say like the people who enjoy minecraft are probably better off than people who enjoy millionaires or billionaires right like like there's a certain point it's like why like why like what's the (laughs) what's the thing that they're actually going for and i think you know the like yeah we're we're here for a certain period of time (laughs) right that time eventually ends like what'd you do with that well i I, you know like you know money's a thing and so i got all the money it's like well what why why (laughs) and like, like oh shit i never thought of that fuck <laughs> i think for, i think i would be like that if i was alone but i have a wife i have a, I have a, I have a, a daughter and, yeah. and i think i think like i'm making money so they can have money like yeah, it's not 100%. i want it <laughs> but uh, yeah but but your focus so what i'm hearing from that though and there's what i'm hearing from what you're saying is that you want their well-being and then money is a way to get that and i think that's what it's tricky because these things tie into each other and then people start talking about the money and then they focus on the money and they forget the people. Yeah. And I think as long as money is a vehicle to think about people and opportunities and like freedom, you're okay. <laughs> Once it's like the only thing and it crowds out. So it's like the goal, the, the money goal can obscure everything else because it's so bright. And that's essentially the problem. Right. And I think the, the same thing, even, even with a win condition, it's like, yeah, like I won this game. And it was not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking about winning games, right? So, so now you win the game. That's usually the death of the game for you, right? You, you beat. The, yeah. If there's a game that you can win, like win, like games that have a finite, like here's here's the start and here's the end. Like once you beat it, it's like you know I'm, I'm never going to play that game again, right? But there are some games where you uh you you get bored with it. Like Minecraft is an example where you can get bored with this game. But then something changes. So you might see things something differently. You might have a different goal. You might constrain yourself in some way, and all of a sudden, boom! It's like the most fun again. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think we pick up that implicitly. So what I'll say is, I think we implicitly pick that up because there's an, there's a community that we don't necessarily think of as a community, and that's where essentially the source of all these like things come from. And it's very easy to think about the thing that the person said as opposed to 
I listen to that person. <laughs> and that's the listening to the person. That's probably the more important thing as opposed to what they said. Right. It's like it, it, <laughs> there, how many Twitter threads are like X is the best thing. And you know, Y is terrible. It's like, they're both fine, but you're just having a conversation and you have nothing else to talk about. So cool. Like, okay. <laughs> Keep talking. Hot takes get clicks. Yep. You gotta, you gotta hate on something if you want yeah. people to like care about what, which I guess, you know, those are, and that's fine, but it's the, it's things. the clicks, it's the eyes, it's the extra, it's the community part yeah. where you have like something that you didn't expect. Right. I think like so much of it too, is like if, if you know every part of the game, and you expect everything that's going to happen. Cool. But like for me back in Quake World, right? The the way I didn't know what was going to happen was because I I um I didn't expect someone else because someone else basically humans can inject chaos in any kind of system, right? And so with games where there's multiple people, if you have a couple humans doing something, now it's almost always fun. When it's a computer and you know every mm-hmm. single thing that that computer is going to do, that is going to get boring, right? Yeah, the replayability. It's the dice roll. Is right? Huge. The, the dice dice rolls. What's the replayability are of, of your basically. game of your game of life? <laughs> yep. As as like a, a, a like a maybe one of the if anyone has any other correlation, I have one last one, which is um, the uh, the fact that like most games suck. <laughs> yeah. Most games suck. So like, if, if, if you look at the real, like, I just bought a car over the weekend, and uh, like the, the amount of paperwork that we have to go through. Like the, the fact that like they, they have some apps in that world, but they obviously don't solve the problem for the person yeah. like working over there. And uh, that's, that's, that's a, that's an example of like, you know, a ge- this game sucks. Like yeah. there's so much opportunity uh, oh, yeah. like and work left to do to make this like, w- like way more fun and way, like way better, more efficient that I think like, you know, if, if you're a game designer, you're thinking like, you know, well, what can I do? there's we're just starting like there's it's there's like you know we only have a few interesting games in the world uh like you know that capture people and like the opportunities are out there so i think uh i think we're still like early in this world of you know programming as well as gaming the the other thing is people i think suck at designing their own games because um yeah a lot of the stuff that you think you want if you were to immediately reflect on it afterwards and like do a deep analysis of your own well-being and like fulfillment that you got from that thing that you thought you wanted, right? Oh, I really want this new thing. I bought it. Cool. Now how do you feel? Versus like you did something, you went out of your way to help somebody else that like you didn't really want to do that. It's not a fun thing. How do you feel? Oh, you feel great. Like, so like we're, we're really bad at being honest with ourselves about what is going to bring us satisfaction in our game of life and what is just kind of a fruitless endeavor that we that we want. It's, it's just like putting in the cheat codes, right? It's like, oh, I really wish I had an extra million resources. Cool. Let me type in the thing and now <laughs> I have it. Did that actually make you happier? Is that right? Is that actually, now you can afford everything. Is that fun? Are you having fun now? <laughs> like, I don't know. You know what's interesting? Like, Minecraft is one of the best-selling games in the world. Most, like, a lot of people have fun. With, like, it was developed by like a very small team. I think initially by one person. Yeah. And the idea of like aligning on like what the core things we should solve are, what the core game is. The more people you add to this kind of thing, I think the harder it is to like really, really get 
something there. So it's like I want we talk about toxicity as like, you know, being a bad teammate, but also like being un like, you know, too untoxic. I'm not sure what the team the term is. Like maybe not having enough candor, right? Like yeah. uh like also leads to bad experiences. And I think currently the industry also has an issue with like being overly uh, like you know, not critical enough, not not like giving enough feedback yeah. and and like trying to get to the metrics that like you know get get the customer problem solved. They don't care about it as much as make sure my teammates don't hate me. It's true. And if you look at games, like how many how many like you know working at the game development industry is apparently awful. <laughs> like it's like long hours, like very stressful. Management has their own things, and like game designers, like you know, they they're not free to do what they feel they can do all the time we can call it for time but it, you know i think uh i think i said a bad word around 40 minutes or something so you might want to cut that out but um it was good yeah i didn't catch it yeah, so far. Well, that's good.